0: Welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. I'm Scott Toronto and today we are joined by singer-songwriter Ellery Ward. Ellery, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Oh, of course. Me too. So... Most people are probably familiar with you because of your album of Sondheim interpretations, A Perfect Little Death, which is phenomenal. But I know you do so much more. And this is a show about musical taste and and the reasons we love the music that we love. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to go back and, you know, do you have any sort of memories or specific moments of falling in love with music uh, at a young age?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because when I think back about my childhood memories with music is kind of rooted in both my grandparents and piano lessons cuz i start i started mm-hmm. taking violin and piano lessons at age 5 but i think being around my grandparents a lot really shaped my connection to music as a part of like everyday life. My, my grandmother loved music. She always had music playing in the house. She was a huge Frank Sinatra fan. She also loved Bossa Nova and I love Bossa Nova Mm -hmm. so much. The Getz Gilberto (laughs) album is like one of my all-time favorite albums. So I think just like being around all sorts of different types of music as a child opened me up to. To things. It's like by the time I was um like in middle school and high school, I felt like like I knew a lot of different genres of music at that age that maybe my peers didn't. And and I owe that so much to my to my grandmother. And I, I think it's just stuck with me throughout my whole life. It's it's interesting that I'm someone who prides myself on being pretty versatile in terms of my singing voice. Like I love so many different genres and I love singing in so many different styles. And I think that's probably because I was around so many different styles. Like grandma's playing bossa nova and like jazz. And then my parents were playing like Motown and like mm. America and Michael McDonald.
0: Yeah. Do you have something though? Maybe, you know, I, I feel like this is often the case once we get to middle school or early high school where you had something that really felt like yours that mm. was, you know, maybe different than your parents or or grandparents.
1: Yeah, in high school, I discovered the band Jukebox the Ghost. I like I became super obsessed with Ben Thornwell and his writing style of like being a classically trained pianist who then kind of interprets that through the lens of pop music. And I really related to that because at that point I did not play guitar at all um, and only played piano. And I've been writing music since I learned started to learn how to play piano. So like majority of my life. And to relate to someone writing pop music with a piano heavy presence was like super cool to me. Mm-hmm. And that felt like the first thing that I was like enveloped in that was unique to me. It was truly my first this is all mine <laughs> music thing. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's cool. And, and then so the, the theater stuff, were you into that at the same time, like through high school, you were doing shows, I assume. And did you feel like that was something different or because you were listening to so much eclectic different you know styles that it sort of made sense that you were into that as well?
1: Uh, yeah, I've done theater for a majority of my life. My first show I ever did was Sound of Music <laughs> at age eight. And then I never really stopped. And then I I went to an arts high school in Chicago, Chicago Academy for the Arts, um, and majored in musical theater. This whole kind of like teeter totter between music and being a songwriter and theater and being an actor and singing musical theater and in a show and in a scene, like... Those two things have always been kind of on a seesaw of my life yeah. um, throughout my life. So, yeah, it's kind of like all tied in, in some weird way.
0: Yeah. I'm curious about that seesong song from a different perspective as a creator of music. You know, these interpretations of the Songheim songs are are so beautiful. I actually want to play a little bit of one here.
1: Goodbye, Joanne.
0: But when it comes to approaching writing your own music versus creating these interpretations of someone else's songs, either on your own album or as a performer in a show, how do you feel that you approach those two things differently?
1: I love taking something and making it, making it me. You know, I think that's what interpreters do. It's like, okay, this is something that I'm attracted to and I'm drawn to, like. I love musical theater. Um but how can I make it listenable through my lens, you know? It's funny because you know I make pop music. I write pop music. And to make an indie folk acoustic <laughs> Sondheim album is like not that at all. Um, Right. (laughs) It's funny that I've like learned that I can be both things at the same time because artists are vessels of many different things. But it's like taught me how to use my my writing brain and my like when I'm recording and like in the studio making a song that's when I allow the floodgates to open of like my different arrangement choices and like ideas and stuff doing the Sondheim stuff has just taken that idea to the next level. Cause it's not something I've ever associated my identity with before. Right. So it's like, okay, let's have like a free for all of just like creative thoughts of like melody changes and different harmonies and background vocals and whatever that is. And so in the same way that when I write a song, it either comes out all in one one thing, um, or not at all. It's the same thing with my arrangements, and I try not to overthink either one, and and let the present moment
0: speak to me. It's interesting where you're almost saying that, like doing the covers doing these uh interpretations of the sonham songs almost allows you more freedom than starting a song from scratch
1: in a way and i think that's true for any art form like when you put a fence right. around it it allows your your garden to grow more lushly in a dense Area. Whereas if you remove those boundaries, it, it can be aimless. It can be kind of not so full. And so, like putting the different boundaries of time, specific instrumentation, and specific style and influences, I feel mm-hmm. like it just allows for the flavors of those things to really come out. Even with my original music, I feel like I'm very specific with my musical references when I'm making a song, so that it can be as specific as possible.
0: Is there something that draws you to a piece of music, regardless of where it is on that seesaw? Like, is it a you know, a kind of melody or a lyric style or something that you find kind of unifies your tastes in these things?
1: Big time. This one songwriting class that I was in at... Boston Conservatory. My teacher was talking about melodic intervals and he was like mm-hmm. he he mentioned something about your brain naturally attaches itself to more varied intervals than something that stays around the same point the whole time. Right. I was like, "Oh, that's why I like what I like." <laughs> So now, ever since that day, like for years now, I've just been like viewing the music that I like through that lens and knowing that I love Sondheim. I mean, think about it, you know, like (laughs) think about a Sondheim melody and melody is what attracts me the most. A lead vocal melody line that is jumping all over the place is like my most favorite thing. In the whole world. I don't know what it is about it, but I'm so attracted to maybe the ride. You know, like you listen to a song mm-hmm. for the first time, you don't know where the melody is going. And if it jumps around, it's like that much more thrilling right. to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then do you try to incorporate that when you're writing music yourself?
1: I think subconsciously now I do. I feel like at first I was like, I'm going to write a song that, <laughs> that does this. Yeah. And I think now that I've identified that interest, I just find myself listening to things that are like that. And I believe that you filter the things that you listen to through yourself, like you express it through a filter of your own lens, whether you realize it or not. And so I think the music that I make is definitely expressive of that idea, even if I don't think about it now because of just what I listen to all the time. I feel like if I were to compile my top 10 favorite songs ever in the world, you would probably like notice the similarities of the interval jumps, which I think is interesting. Like now just like going through the library of mm-hmm. like songs that I love. It's so true. And I guess I would just like urge whoever's listening, who is a songwriter to like, actively think about that the next time they listen to a song and the next time they write a song and see what comes out and see how catchy it ends up being yeah <laughs> cuz it's it's crazy
0: yeah well i think that's a perfect place to transition then so ellery what is the song that makes you scream this is the greatest song i've ever heard in my entire life
1: door by caroline polachek <laughs>
0: This is a great pick. Do you have like a a memory of hearing this for the first time?
1: You bet your ass I do. Um, (laughs) It is ingrained in my memory for all of time. (laughs) So it was like maybe like the first couple weeks of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I had fled to Boston because it's where my boyfriend was at the time. And um, I had just released my first single before then i had never had spotify i only had apple music and so i was like okay if i'm going to have my music out there like i want to see what it's all about on all the different platforms whatever so i finally got into spotify and i i finally understood why it's so great and like why everyone has a spotify account and i was like listening to i don't even know what artist radio i was listening to but it was like oh i really like this song let's see what the algorithm brings me. And I'm like going through this playlist. And then I hear back in the city, I'm just another. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? I've never heard this anything like this in my life. Never heard a voice like this. Never heard a melody yeah, this weird. Big and interval jumps, I know. Ha, ha, I'm giving myself <laughs> away now. Um, yeah. And it's also like a long song, especially like in pop music nowadays, mm-hmm. you don't hear relatively long songs anymore. And it's so simple. The chord structure is so, so simple. And yet the production build over the course of the song just takes you on such a ride. And so I'm sitting on my couch in Boston, like depressed about life being what it was at that point and listening to this song. And then I just, I, I listened to it all the way through. It took me to another, like through a vortex. And I said, okay, one, I have to listen to this song again and again and again. And then I have to go (laughs) and see who this person siren sea witch is. (laughs) And find more of her music. And then I, I listened to Ping like every day. <laughs> I, listened, yeah. I listened to the whole album straight through like every day of my life. And yeah, my life was changed. I'm not going to lie. And I'm really not exaggerating when I say that. I'm not some like, you know, oh my God, it changed my life. Like if for real Yeah, changed my life, it changed my mindset. It changed The way I view my own music, the way I view my voice, I feel like I've been able to reintroduce myself to my voice by way of being inspired by Caroline and especially that song. And I'll never, never forget that day. It was a fateful day.
0: That's amazing. I think the the thing that stands out for me on this song, too, is... So, in the chorus is this weirdly polyrhythmic, like, hemiola phrase, right? So, she's saying... It's this six-eighth note phrase that like starts on the end of four, so it's like totally displaced from the from the grid, right? And it's like I just find that it's so exciting because it lands on a different beat each time it repeats, right? And it it has to repeat five times to fit into the the space because it's like this weird uh, metric. Displacement, Yeah. And I just think it's so exciting. It just makes it so cool.
1: I agree. <laughs> and it makes you feel like you're... <laughs> and you're going like... You're truly going like through the lyrical door with her. And I just implore... <laughs> anyone who's watching this to listen to it and allow yourself to be overtaken by her siren song (laughs) at the end. Like that vocal outro is like my favorite thing ever. And the way she explains it is it's like going through all the different vocal motif and like melodic motifs Throughout the album, which if you listen to the whole album thoroughly and then listen to that vocal outro, it is just like so satisfying to find all the different melodies throughout each song that is in this one thing. It's amazing. It's brilliant.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this song and so many other things. If people out there have not yet gotten a chance to listen to A Perfect Little Death, your Sondheim tribute album, they should really go do that. And also check out your original EPs, Friction and Prism, and, and you just released a new song called Perfect. Outside of all of that, where can people find you online?
1: Anywhere and everywhere. Um <laughs> I'm at Ellery Ward on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the places you can find everything that you could possibly need to find on my website, ElleryWard.com. And yeah.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This just a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. You can find us on social media at Great Song Pod. That's GR number eight song pod on Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok. We're going to be doing a lot more fun content, exclusive content on TikTok. So check that out. And please leave a rating and review, share with friends if you like it. And a big shout out to Catherine and Izzy who helped produce the show, to Skylar Spence whose song Kratos in Love is our theme music, and of course to you for listening. Look forward to talking to you next time.